I have made myself available to be sharpened and mentored and led by other men. And I give them room in my life to speak truth. The world hates manhood. The world hates the fact that we're trying to raise our sons to be men. The world hates families and hates marriages. The devil hates us because we got something that he did not get. We are God's image bearers and we are supposed to be taking ground. We are supposed to be taking dominion. We have dominion and we're supposed to exercise that authority. And I need good men in my life who remind me of that. Uh, welcome back to Heroes of Faith. Uh, our goal at Iron Edge is to inspire men to step into their calling in Christ. And, and the way we do that is by seeking out modern day heroes of faith who typically appear to be average guys, but they usually have one differentiating factor and that, that's what makes them stand out. They, they listen to God's voice and we're obedient. Uh, they serve all over the world and in various professions. And today we're extremely excited to have the opportunity to chat with Joe Markowitz. Joe is a f- first and foremost a man of God but also a leader in the marketplace. Uh, he's a successful entrepreneur, having started numerous uh, businesses. And uh, he's also a patriot who's been using his platforms to promote the American way of life and the foundation on, on which our, our country was built. So Joe, we're extremely happy to have you with us. Uh, I don't want to give you your full resume. I think we can we can talk about that as we go through and, and, and discuss your journey you know, throughout life and, and how you ended up you know, where you are now. Uh, you know, it's sometimes we look back um, on heroes of faith and what we see is this, um, this, this hero, this elevated, just unattainable uh, person, right? Like Moses or, or, you know, uh, Paul or any of the disciples. Um, But really they were just men who listened to God's, God's call and, and grew where they were planted, where he told them to, to, to grow reached other people while they were there. Um, it's obviously been very successful in the marketplace and, and we're always trying to motivate our men to grow where they're planted as you have. Uh, would you mind telling us a little bit of your journey as an entrepreneur and kind of, you know, how you got into it in the first place and, 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 and how God's used you in that journey to, to help others, you know, to, to show his love and, and show the light of Christ. Yeah. Thank you very much, uh, Peter and Shad. And it's uh, it is first of all an honor to uh, to join you and your team and and all the men out there. Um, the way I like to start any kind of uh, platform like this is I want to be able to set the uh, the record straight. I'm just a guy. I'm just a dad. I'm just a husband. I'm a businessman who surrendered his life to Christ. Uh, you mentioned, uh, Peter, about uh, the heroes of old and all the biblical heroes. And, and, and really, it's a great place for me to start and say that uh, I am probably not going to fit in that category. And the way I started it is, is the way I try to live my life and with my business uh, ventures or in the home 
uh, as a father, as a husband, um, how I treat people. And the true north is obviously the word of God. Uh, I, I feel, you know, according to Romans chapter 8, I feel like that's a calling, and that is to be led by the Spirit. And um, now I didn't start that way. And so let me get into my background real quick and, and a little bit of my testimony just to be, be able to relate to uh, the men that are watching this podcast. Uh, I grew up in upstate New York. Uh, Chad, you and I were chatting. My first dream was to play professional baseball. I had some uh, looks when I was in high school. Um, actually got pretty close to being drafted, but in college, I had a pretty significant injury, which drastically altered the, the course of, uh, of my life because that's what I thought I was going to do. I finished up my degree uh, as an engineer, moved down here to Raleigh, North Carolina, and I started my professional career, my job career with IBM. Now, my wife and I, we were just dating back in college. Uh, we've been married now 34 years. Uh, her and I got uh, got married soon after uh, we moved down here, and I'll get into that. But, uh, but my testimony is this, is that when I moved down here and I started my career with, uh, with a very big company, a Fortune 500 company, IBM, um, it was just a few years in where I knew that I was supposed to do something different. Uh, I, I just feel like uh, that I was made to do more than just being a W-2 wage earner. I have, I do not put down anybody that is not an entrepreneur on here. I, I just felt like the Lord was leading me here, even though I wasn't even a believer yet. I just, uh, uh, my, my claim to fame is that I don't have any schooling in business. Uh, it, it's more, uh, it's more the fact that we've been able to to really have some wonderful people, some couples, some mentors that have come in our life and led us and 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 gave us an opportunity to see uh, other options. And 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 I started my own business. It was a, it was a part-time gig when I was 25 years old. Mary Beth and I, uh, she was 23. She actually had a business degree. I had that engineering degree. And so I started, I, I started a business of my own part-time. And, uh, and one thing led to another. I went full-time in business for myself. I left corporate America when I was 28 years old. My wife uh, left her bank job when she was 25. And we started out on this endeavor, which was uh, completely different than I thought I would be, uh, I would be doing uh, coming up through college, which, uh, which gives me a lot of, uh, which gives me a part of my testimony. Who would have ever thought that I'd be doing this today and, uh, and over the years, over now three decades, being self-employed, um, it's taught me an awful lot. My biggest challenges weren't exactly hard work. Hard work was pretty, um, was pretty basic to me. I didn't have a problem with hard work and delayed gratification and long-term thinking. Biggest challenge was uh, in dealing with people and, and especially in leadership. And for me, and probably a good segue to what we want to talk about here today, I have some wonderful men that have come in my life and have uh, almost like an esprit de corps and accountability. They taught me not just uh, life skills, professional skills, but but ultimately what happened is they, um, they put me in an environment where I was around uh, at a conference, at a business conference. I never thought that this was going to happen at a business conference, but on a Sunday, it was an optional part of the weekend. 
and a Christian businessman, not a pastor, not a priest, a Christian businessman who was extremely successful, somebody I looked up to uh, professionally in a business, uh, somebody that I go, boy, they've got it made. You know, they're, they're really successful, financially independent. But he said, look, if you want to know what really drives me, you want to know why I'm passionate about what I do, you come tomorrow morning. And that was like a dinner bell to me because I had started feeling after just a few few months of being around, not just in the business atmosphere, but around the kind of people that, that seem to have their act together, marriages that were solid, not perfect. Uh, I didn't... Uh, I came out of the locker room uh, with a foul mouth and, um, and I just, uh, and corporate America was no different. None of these guys were cussing like that. None of these, uh, you know, they, they weren't talking about their wives in a negative way. Their families were really solid. Again, not perfect, but there was something about these people and someone became some of my great mentors and great friends today, but but they led me to that conference, and that, and that businessman basically said, look, if you want to know what makes me tick and why I do what I do, I'll tell you the truth. Well, I thought I heard it that night, you know, about success and business principles and behaviors and all that. And that next morning, humbly, he stood before everybody, and I, it seemed like there was no one else in the room other than me. I don't know if you've ever felt that, but but my wife and I sat there thinking this man is talking directly to us. And that is the first time, guys, I ever heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it was that morning, and I let they I was led to the Lord. My wife and I, we went forward, uh, and uh, we gave our lives to Christ. And, uh, you know, I was crying. I didn't know what was going on, but I knew on the inside something had changed, uh, I was a different person. I come to know later on through scriptures that, yes, I am a new person. The old man has passed away. I was a completely new person. And now clarity and an understanding about why I'm doing what I'm doing. What's this drive for? What's this competition for? What's this, this energy for and desire for? Well, it's because we're supposed to do something other than uh, sit there like a potted plant. We're supposed to go into the world. And for me, my testimony is I heard the gospel not in a church. I wouldn't have gone to a church. I didn't I didn't trust churchy people. I didn't trust religious people. I heard it at a conference, a business conference, where people were successful, where people were talking about success. And then they really messed me up knowing I knew there was something different about these men and women. They they really told the truth in a humble way, and that was the morning that my wife and I gave our lives to Christ, and and that started our new journey. And now, 34, 35 years later, here we are. Not just not just in business. We're very fortunate and blessed. God's blessed us uh, in all of our endeavors, but still that drive and that passion or purpose. But now we know what it's for. And that's uh, that's my testimony, and and uh, probably a great way to start off this podcast. I love it. Yeah. Now, I, and I know Chad's probably got a question for you, but I, I want to, I wanted to tell you something. I, 
I have been transitioning. Well, both Shad and I are transitioning into ministry really with, with what we do here. Uh, we're both just, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, ex-soldier and Shad's the same thing. He's a businessman. Um, Shad's probably done a little more ministry than I have just because he's not as thick headed as I am. But uh, <laughs> so we grew up together. <laughs> we grew up together. He knows. But um, the other day I, I started posting um, some of Iron Edge stuff on my LinkedIn, right? And it was a it was a challenge because I'm sitting here going, okay, I'm posting about abortion. I'm posting about my faith. I'm really talking about my faith, which I've never done before. And I was concerned. And I did. I dropped like 200 followers, just bonk, gone right away, right? And I was like, that's okay. And I already come to terms with it. But yesterday I got a call from this guy that I've known for many years, colleague, right? We've done a lot of security stuff together and worked together and gone to conferences together and seen each other, you know, had a couple of drinks together. But he calls me up yesterday. He's like, I just want to tell you, I, I didn't know you were a Christian. He's like, but what you're doing now with this, um, it's just causing all this stuff to come up in my own life, you know, and I really, I, I'm really glad that you are who you say you are. And I grew up in the church, but I kind of wasn't walking that way. And to whatever we're doing here, just by putting it out there, I think we get more interaction on LinkedIn, Chad, than we do on any of our other platforms in the business world, in the marketplace, where the normal, like you said, average people, Joe, by the way, average Joe, oh, sorry, you said average <laughs> Joe, and it's, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't apply to you, but, but it was like just where your normal people are every day and they have to live in this silence, right? Every day as they go to work, you're not supposed to talk about religion or you're not supposed to talk about politics and all this other stuff. They're hungry for it there. So I think it's really amazing that that, that happened to you. And I think it's something we're discovering right now. It's like, that's, that's the field, right? That's the mission field right there for anybody in business. The mission field's right. Haven't you noticed, um, especially in times like this, the more you are authentic and real and you open up and just talk about what you believe and what your values are and what you're, what's important to you, you start finding out there's a lot more people like me than I thought. You know, society is uh, trying to convince us that we're oddballs and we're extremists and, and, and that, uh, that we, should, we should be silenced. But uh, but truthfully, there's a lot of people out there that are desperate for truth. And I, I found my niche, you know, not just leadership, but also with men, which I think is why it's a good fit for what we're doing here and so proud of what you guys are doing. And I wanted to start the program by saying, look, I, I've seen your your podcasts uh, and I don't have them. I'm not a military leader. I'm not an author yet. Um, and I'm not a pastor, but uh but I'm one of these guys that realize that, that, that everybody, everybody, if you're willing to seek God, there's a calling on our lives. And we shouldn't be shy and we shouldn't be whispering, as you can see, we shouldn't be whispering about what I think the world is desperate for. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're, uh, yeah, so in the church we say, man, he, he's preaching. <laughs> you're preaching right now. Uh, you're preaching to the choir with me and Pete, but we really appreciate it. And I, yeah, I was looking at your t-shirt going, yeah, that's, you know, truth needs to be shouted. It needs to be shouted from the roof rooftops. And uh, so it, the interesting thing too, behind our little experiment here is that, uh, you know, when we did something very authentic and maybe controversial, that was our most popular podcast. 
and more people, uh, you know, I can identify with, like you said, the authentic and just giving it to us real. Um, and so, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started the program here. I think it's, it's key that we be authentic and that we speak truth and that we're not afraid of the ramifications. Um, we just have to stand uh, for what God's calling us to do. So um, in light of everything you just said, I'm, I'm interested on what the conversion looked like. So you were doing business a certain way. You knew a certain lifestyle. Then you met, then you met God and you, you accepted Christ into your life. What changed in business and how did you start to approach uh, your, your, your everyday business platforms and, and how were you, you were going to move forward? Great question. Um, you know, if, if you ask the average person about, well, why would you start a business your own? I'd like to be my own boss. I'd like to control my future. I'd like to make more money. I can make more money in business for myself than, than, than working for somebody else. And uh, if that's your only motivation, eventually a couple of things are going to happen. One, you're either going to get tired of it, you're going to get bored with it, you're going to try to seek another way to get a thrill. Um, and, and, and Annette, is it, uh, is it just making money? There's not a ton of fulfillment in there. Or two, what's going to happen is I think that I think that you are now going to see a purpose for why you want to be successful. I it, it's like a platform. When I when I was born again, and and everything changed, and now I I really started studying what happened. Um, I'm supposed to go into the world. I'm supposed to go into the world and preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Cast out devils. That's a great commission. And it started to come together about the reason why I should have success. I wanted to be successful not to accumulate wealth and, and, to, and to show off. I wanted to be successful so that I can have a bigger platform. Whether we like it or not, that platform speaks to credibility. People listen to it. And I, because the yearning in my heart is I really want to be able to change people's lives. I think what happened to me is the best gift that can ever happen. I couldn't earn it. You all know that. Um, it was it was a gift. By grace, I was saved. And for me, the truth was I was going to hell. And I started having to, uh, when I was born again, not that I, I'm just not missing hell. I'm not, it's, it's not the only thing. The thing is, I believe when I was born again, I got the whole package. The whole package is for health and well-being and happiness and joy and success. And, and, but never to place success above the father, above the gift. It is that we're supposed to prosper. We are supposed to be successful. So what? So we can spread the gospel. And um, and, and I uh, now she had to put the two and two together. The more success I had, the more opportunity I had to really tell people, this is what makes me tick. This is what makes me happy. And um, And I can't tell you how many 
now conversations that have opened up because they start finding out there's more to Joe and Mary Beth than just, uh, you know, the, the success that they have because they're desperate for the real thing. They're desperate for, they're, de they're desperate for a better marriage. They want, they want, they want a dream. They want to hope again. They want to be able to believe that the future is going to be better than the past. And, uh, and I'm not perfect, but I got to tell you what, it saved our marriage. It's made our marriage incredibly uh, awesome and intimate and happy and joyful. My kids, I have three grown kids now. And if people can see, you know what? Um, obviously, success for Joe means more than just um, making a lot of money and buying stuff. That really what it is, is that uh, he can reach more people. And I want to know what makes him tick. And it, I, I can't tell you how many lives have been changed because of it. I can't tell you how many men that I've had conversations with that had addictions that, that really that they just want to have somebody to believe in them. Somebody that can mentor them, coach them, take them by the hand, care, help them carry them for a while through some difficult times. And I just give them a purpose. And uh, it, it's it's very powerful to me that um, after 35 years, when I still get up in the morning and I and I put my feet on the floor, I think something good is going to happen today. I'm going to meet somebody that we're going to be able to make a difference in their life. And the devil hates it. I know it. I put my feet on the floor and the devil said, oh, no, he's up again. And um, but clarity and, and happiness uh, at, about what we're doing uh, really makes uh, being an entrepreneur worthwhile to me. Yeah. Better just change the money. I mean, if I could just if I could just say something real quick, um, I just kind of want to summarize that for our leaders or for our listeners who are leaders, actually, that's what we want you to be leaders, um, is, well, well, first of all, it just makes me think that Jesus met his disciples in the marketplace. They were doing their jobs. That His converts actually weren't in the synagogues. They were at their job in that place of, of business is where Jesus transformed their lives. And so he could do that too, uh, you know, for our listeners. Um, but the thing is, is you went from making money and a paycheck and pretty much just doing what you're supposed to do, right? In the Ameri quote unquote American dream. Uh, yeah, we have every opportunity here, um, but you switched it to this platform is now going to be not about me. It's going to be to make God great. And it's going to be to show others that they can also um, have a platform to make God great. And it just becomes this this uh reciprocating thing where we are boasting about an incredible uh father in heaven who gives us all these opportunities to make his name great so that's really what i hear you saying is it went from me to he and then to we yeah it's, it's not a churchy thing it's going out into the marketplace right yeah yeah it's it, it it if people look at the way the church was set up initially I always tell people like our church, we need our churches, right? We need, we need the meeting places to get to and fellowship and everything else. But honestly, that's not the biblical model in the first place. The biblical model was home churches, you know, getting to the experiences in, in some of these close countries I've gone to with missionaries and stuff, but it's getting to the closest house you can get to, to worship together without getting arrested. And so that was the way it was set up initially. So it was just, you know, you you didn't have a lot of the infrastructure and things like that that you have 
that really is kind of surrounding the the church people and the things that are going on with the church nowadays. But it, it was it was people in the marketplace, people that you're working with, people that you saw every day. Hey, we're getting together. We're fellowshipping at the house tonight. We're going to praise and worship. That was the church. That is the church. You know, I mean, they named churches in the Old Testament after cities, not after the the buildings. You know, with a, a branded name on them. Uh, and I'm not disparaging churches. We need churches for sure, and they do a lot of good through those platforms as well to to reach people. But I'm just saying that it is in the marketplace often that we have the most opportunity. We see people every day there, typically, if we're working with somebody. And that's what one of the things I started looking at in my own life too. We we're saying. I work with these people every day and some of them didn't know I was Christian. That says something, you know, they should know that, you know, they should know that. I worked at Amazon for six years. I guarantee you nobody at Amazon knew I was a Christian. I didn't want to say anything out loud because, you know, maybe I get fired or something like that or get canceled, whatever it is, you know. And I'm starting to realize that that is the reason why we are in the situation we're in today. It's not because we don't have enough pastors. It's not because we don't have enough churches. It's because individuals are not standing up where they're at, where they're planted, where they need to grow and saying, I am this, I don't care if you fire me or not. I'm going to, I'm going to be who I am. I am a Christian first. That is my profession, you know? And then this is what I do to, to make money, you know, or, but, but it's like, um, you know, the movie 300 first off the Spartans were not good people. I want everybody to understand that, but there's a, a part of that movie that was really great is when Gerard Butler was asking the Greeks, it's like, hey, what do you do for a living? You know, or what, what's your profession? The guy's like, oh, I'm a potter. I'm a metal worker. And he's like, he's like, Spartans, what is your profession? And they did that. Oh, 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 that was a profession. I'm sure they had to do the metal working and the pottery and all that other stuff, too. But they knew who they were. And it was that was who they were. You know, it, it wasn't what they did. So who we are in Christ is what should be coming out of us every day when we're at work or wherever we're at. That's that's who we are. We can't hide that. We shouldn't be able to hide that. You know, and if we are hiding it, then we're actually having to work to hide it. So I think it's really great um, being able to do that, you know, to have a purpose and direction and uh, understanding that the more God gives me, the more opportunities I have and the more people I'm going to reach. And then in the end, you know, when I look back, you're looking at, you know, tens of thousands rather than just, just a few, um, that heard about Christ through your example. Uh, I wanted to talk real quick though, if you don't mind shift gears a little bit. Um, you're obviously very patriotic and, and, and we'll put up links to, to what you're doing and everything so people can see what you're doing. Uh, that was how I first kind of uh, saw, saw who you were was through, um, through your new brand. And, and, and I wanted to talk about defender gear a little bit why defender gear and then also you're talking about your platform and i you, you can see exactly what you're talking about yeah you have this brand right defender gear and you have all this the, the the clothing and stuff but you do the liberty dispatch um which is a, a regular thing that you get on and you speak about you know america and in our foundation how did that come about so as a business owner the longer i was a business owner the more i started to care care about the fact that that in America I mean this is a unique experiment and that um, and that you try to build a business in uh, in other parts of the world like the way we can you can't do it most people are very naive to the fact that uh, that we still have despite all the headwinds 
we have the freedom to be able to enterprise, to be able to determine your economic future. There's no caste system here. Um, you aren't in, your, in a place because you're mommy and daddy. Now, that you may think so. You may think because you're not college educated uh, or you're not equipped that you're going to be this way the rest of your life. And that's because people uh, just, they're naive. Um, we all want to succeed. We, If nothing else, I think anybody that doesn't want to succeed is just lying because you want to take care of your family. You want your kids. We all want our kids to be better off than we are. And, um, and the fact is you cannot have economic freedom without political freedom. It's impossible. You can't have political freedom without spiritual freedom. And what I mean by that is you go right back to the uh, Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that we are endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our rights do not come from man. Our, do, our rights do not come from government. And, um, and so linking back to the start of Defender Gear, um, there is some stories about how that uh, some of my initial apparel started, but really the platform is this. The longer I was in business for myself, the more I realized that that freedom, our, the, the ability and the freedom to enterprise is very fragile. Ronald Reagan said that uh, freedom doesn't pass through the, the bloodstream from one generation to another. We need to pass it on. And, uh, and he also said, if we lose freedom here, there's no place else to escape to. And so, uh, guys, I, I just started to care. I started studying. I started realizing that, that if I want my children and my children's children to have the, the options and the freedom that I have today, that I enjoy today, I better do something about it on my watch. And that was the genesis of Defender Gear, more importantly than the apparel. The apparel is the kind of the spinoff. Um, I, as an entrepreneur, wanted to be able to educate and to be able to speak to, not as a politician, not as some talking head on TV. I'm just, I'm just a citizen first here in America who happens to be a Christian, a businessman, a family man, and I care. And so I just want to do something about it. I'm not the most eloquent. I don't have all the right words. A lot of my podcasts for some of the experts are way too long, um, but I try to stay away from politics and I try to speak about the fundamentals of our republic. Um, I try to educate people. I try to speak not as somebody above them or better than them, but to be able to say, hey, listen, we need to get involved here. We need to be able to start speaking up. We, we don't need to be experts or historians, but we better start showing up, for example, in town halls and school board meetings. We do need to push back when we're told to sit down and shut, shut up. Um, our voice does matter that our First Amendment rights uh, among these are uh, freedom of speech and freedom of religion, freedom of the press. I mean, you, you can't, there's, you, you cannot um, just assume 
that we're always going to have these freedoms. So that was the genesis and and how Defender Gear started growing. And I'm just trying to do my part as, like I said before, a dad, a father, a father, a husband, a businessman, a Christian who cares about this country and I want to preserve it and pass it on. That's awesome. I think we, especially in the church, we've been told politics don't, we're not going to do politics. We're not going to do politics. We're not going to do politics. And if you look back in history, we can only say that first off, because in the United States, we haven't had real threats for, for many years, a few hundred years, right? Since the civil war, we haven't had any real huge threats. We had nine 11 and some other things, but nothing like somebody's going to come knock on your door, take away your stuff, those kinds of things. Not really, not compared to other countries. Um, so we are able to say, hey, we're not going to talk about politics in the church because we can. Whereas, you know, I've been spending a lot of time in Ukraine. I guarantee you every church in Ukraine is talking about politics every single Sunday and then some. And they're involved in it and they're sending their kids to fight in the war and they're doing humanitarian runs into the war. And there are some definite um, vocalization. And that's from a very what used to be a very passive uh, culture in the, in the church in Ukraine. Um they're, they're really involved. We can say that because we don't have to be involved. We live in good security right now. But back in the day, you know, during during uh, the Revolutionary War, a lot of pastors were involved in actual fighting the war and sending people off to fight. I'm not saying that I want to get, you know, into the back and forth politics of everything, but we definitely need to be more vocal about uh, political decisions that uh, affect us, like abortion and the murder of children. You know, why isn't that being talked about for the pulpit? Because you don't hear it. I don't hear it at church very often. I don't know if anybody else is in the same boat as me, but it's like very controversial. We're not going to talk about it. Where did Jesus set that example? Anywhere in the Bible where you don't cause controversy? I don't I don't see it, you know? So I think it's very, you know, exactly what you're saying. It, it's something that we need to, as just Christians, be more involved with, be more vocal about speak out about our beliefs, regardless of what somebody to say, especially if it's a biblical belief, which a lot of our foundational beliefs are, you know, based on the Bible, we, we, we shouldn't be quiet about it just because it has politics involved. So I think what you're doing is awesome. I think it's exactly what we need in, in our country, uh, around the world too. There's a lot of people in other countries who are looking to us because I see them all the time and to our example, and they're really scared about what's going to happen in the United States and how that's going to affect the rest of the world. So I think it's great what you're doing. Uh, it's such, I, I want to reiterate for us, it's such an honor to have you on here. And, you know, you've, you're, you're talking years of experience just as a, as a businessman, 34 years married, uh, even your, even your walk with Christ now has been a significant amount of years. Um, if I could, if I could just read a scripture real quick, I try to read the Proverbs for the day that we're in in the month. Proverbs Chapter nine, instruct the wise and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous and they will learn even more. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. If you become wise, you'll be the one to benefit. And if you scorn wisdom, you'll be the one to suffer. And I just see this as a testimony of your life. That's an, you're like a living example of how this actually works. You grabbed a hold that knowledge of the Holy One literally tra- changed the trajectory of your life. And so so looking back um, on those years of experience, you know, hindsight being 2020, 
I'd love for you to give our guys just some insight, how you see the hand of God working and moving, uh, you know, all the different things. You, you just explained how it led up to Defender Gear, but even within business and, and your family. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I believe this, uh, that, and, and this is the same message I give to a lot of my, a lot of the guys that, that I have uh, really close relationships with, is that you should just, you should do something. A lot of people are waiting for the perfect time or a smooth runway or all of your friends and all of your family to approve of what you're doing. That, that people are so afraid today to be able to do something bold. And, they, and, and most men, and I'll speak to the men, uh, a lot of men have a conflict. The conflict is they, they don't want to lose what they've got. You know, they're reasonably successful, maybe in their careers or whatever. They don't want to lose what they've got. So they're, but they, they feel the on the inside, in their spirit, they know that they're supposed to be taking dominion. They're supposed to be taking ground. They don't know how to do it. For me, uh, I yes, thank God for his wisdom that he's given me in discernment, but, but there's been some amazing men who've come in my life and sharpened me. And, um, and they've kept me accountable. And I asked them to keep me accountable because we live, we live in a world today where there are so many distractions. Even, even the things like when I travel as a businessman, I have people that I'm accountable to, that I call into. Um, even, even the things when I'm away from home, away from my wife, uh, I know what can be tempting. And I have men keep an eye on me for that reason, because I want to be above reproach. I don't want to just, I don't want to screw things on up and, and hurt people. Um, I think to the men, to answer your question, Chad, it's a big question. It's, and, and here's a, a simple answer. I have made myself available to be sharpened and mentored and led by other men. And I give them room in my life to speak truth. And they're all Christians. They're all believers. And we all want the same thing. And uh, and for me, whether it be business or my personal walk, my spiritual walk, every area of my life, I have somebody that can still speak in my life. I am not above it. I am still trying to remind myself, stay humble and grateful for the opportunities. But I am not going to sit on my rear and do nothing. Because that there's a hum on the inside of me, and we know what that hum is. It never stops. In Romans 12, 2, we know about this. I wear it on my wrist all the time. Don't be conformed to the ways of this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. If anything, I've spent more time reading, studying the word, getting it planted in my heart, because I know there's going to be difficult times ahead, a lot more than what I've experienced for all of us here. And, um, and it's not easy. The world, the world hates manhood. The world hates the fact that we're trying to raise our sons to be men. 
The world hates families and hates marriages. And the fact is that we are God's image bearers. The devil hates us because we got something that he did not get. And because I know that you and I, we are God's image bearers, and everybody watching this broadcast here, we are God's image bearers, and we are supposed to be taking ground. We are supposed to be taking dominion. We have dominion, and we're supposed to exercise that authority. And I need good men in my life who remind me of that in all areas of my life. There you go. Wow. Thank you for, thank you for that. Yeah. It's funny. I just, I put out a, a, re, a thing on Instagram. I, I can't believe the way I'm talking lately. I put out a reel on Instagram anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was this morning and it was talking about being bold and that we're created a certain way to take risk, to fight wars, to fight battles that we're in a battle, no matter what we want, we're in the battle till he calls us home or till he comes back. That we're we're meant to actually fight the entire time that we from when we we receive him till we till we go home. There's no break. There's no kicking back, relaxing, putting our feet up, or any of that kind of stuff. We're just meant. That's why he created us the way we he created us. You know, and I just put that out literally right before we started talking. It's exactly what you're saying. Exactly what you're saying. Hmm. And uh, I believe it with all my heart. And I feel like um, he's prepping us for for something. There's a lot of men out there who are feeling the same call right now, Joe. And, Every single man that we highlight says they're not a hero faith, by the way. You're not the only one. That's like a criteria. Yeah. If you do say that, I'm a, yeah, I fit that criteria. You know, then you're okay, like, he's, gone. Okay. <laughs> he's gone. So that's exactly right. But at the same time, um, the, you know, we, we, we highlighted some pretty cool people doing some pretty cool things, missionaries, stuff like that. They're doing some pretty crazy things. But what we really need is a bunch of men, an army of men just at their workplaces standing up and and being who they are in Christ. And I think that's what's going to change things. We talk a lot about leadership and leadership is a cliche. You can lead uh, from any point where you're at. Uh, I like to say in my, in my business settings, leadership is spelled E-X-A-M-P-L-E. Leadership is not speeches. Leadership is not titles. Leadership is not... Um, it's not your position. Um, you can lead from anywhere. And um, and when people are now operating outside their comfort zone, doing the things that are scared, scary to them, uncomfortable to them, they're actually they're actually leading. They're setting an example. And I to, to all the men out there, I say the same thing to people I'm in business with, you know. Don't feel like you have to wait until you have years and years and years of experience and all this other stuff. You can start leading right now because the average person isn't doing anything. And they spend all their time trying to check the pulse of what everybody else thinks about things. And, uh, and, they're, and they're catching the wind, see which way to win. And they're scrolling through social media all day long. And they're, um, and they're just kind of seeing, well, how am I supposed to think? And they let other people tell them how to think, whether it be mainstream media, news, social media, whatever, learn to think for yourself. Start learning how to make your own decisions. You're smart enough. You have the spirit of God on the inside of you. And, and, and I have the mind of Christ and I've learned to trust that unction. 
and uh, and it served me well for many years still to today.